This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome once again to Windows on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. Today I'm talking to Vacheslav Klaus, who was the second president of the Czech Republic after its independence in office between 2003 and 2013. After the Cold War, there was this enormous optimism. The Cold War had finished, you know, the threat of nuclear confrontation was over, the communist experiment had collapsed, and there was this bringing together of the whole of Europe as, as one people. And then there was a chaotic first 10 years when everyone was adjusting, and then by 2000 there was actually the beginning of economic growth. And now we're in the, you know, the teenies, if you like, and it all seems to be going wrong. We have multiple political and economic crises around the, uh, the whole of the European Union. And on top of that, in further afield, we have the battle with ISIS. Um, we have a clash between the West and Russia, um, who seem to be asserting themselves, annexed to Ukraine, they've been very aggressive. There's now a rearming process going on. So what went wrong? What did we do wrong? So you look at it from the Russian perspective. So the fall of communism was in, in November 1989. Yeah. It's necessary to, yeah. to stress. That's the first point. What, uh, what uh, went wrong? Well, uh, first, uh, I, am, I don't want to, from outside, somehow deeply, being deeply involved in the analysis of Russia. That's not my, my position, and I used to be 20 years prime minister and president of the country who doesn't want to be an analytical journalist discussing, discussing um, my partners in yeah. a serious negotiation. So I think what went wrong is, on the one hand, on the, hand, the developments in Europe. There's a fragmentation going on in Europe as part of this This is not a fragmentation. There was an artificial unification of Europe. So the tragedy and the fundamental fatal mistake in Europe was the accepted model of the European integration process, which has been had been developing for many decades, but finally uh, was introduced in Maastricht Treaty in 1992. The shift from EC to EU, from European Community to European Union, and this was the beginning of a fatal European development. Simply, we, you, you mentioned uh, one people. You, you started your conversation with the term. I think this is just a wishful thinking to speak about one people in Europe. I, I, I don't think there is anything like that. This is the wishful thinking of Eurocrats in, in Brussels. This is not the way how, how the people in Europe look at, 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 at this continent. So I don't feel, I, I basically, I am a, I'm a Czech and I know there are Germans, Italians, Poles, uh, we have various identities in our life. For me, the identity Europe is relatively very, very weak. I, I feel middle European, central European. So for me, the identity with Germany, Poland, Austria, of course, Slovakia is very strong, but my identity with Finland, Portugal, and, and, and Cyprus. Are you arguing then that the European Union cannot work 
because of the cultural differences? I, I'm not sure whether cultural in a narrow sense, but uh, uh, let's say national, ethnic, cultural, and all of that together. Historical developments give us a different traditions and, and so on. Do you, do you think the European Union is going to break up then? Not to my great regret, I'm afraid not. You know, but that would be the only possibility. It would be necessary to restart European integration process in a new way, in a new way to create something like something like the Euro. I sometimes speak about O. OES, Organization of European States, a new entity instead of of uh, European Union, which failed simply, and, and and this is this is already a, a model which is outdated and not functioning. So, so, if you were to rebuild the European Union or the collection of countries within Europe to work together, what would be the principles that you should? First, first, don't misuse the term work together, you know, definitely, we won't be good neighbors, good partners, but working together is, is already, already something else. This is the European mentality indoctrinated, you got it as a child probably at school and, and so on, you know. That, that's the problem. So I, I, I think that to speak about working together is an unnecessary overstatement. So you just limited to trade deals? Because, I mean, part of the appeal for the EU is the, the free flow of capital, the free flow of labor, you know, the passport and taking away the barriers. 60% of European trade is within Europe. And that has created a lot of prosperity. That's created? Prosperity. Really? Do you think so? Do you I believe so. it? Well, I think that the, 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 the basically the average, when we in economics distinguish average and marginal variables, if you studied economics, yeah. so so the, the of course the, the 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 basic total effect of of uh, increased trade in 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 Europe. Uh, by means of European integration is a definitely positive things, but the marginal effect may be not zero, but it may be already decreasing. And, and because the fact that that we we gained something by by European integration was killed by the parallelly going process of over centralization, over regulation, over control over-standardization and so on. So I think that the marginal effect of, of, of the European integration today is, in my opinion, these a negative the, one. The, these were the same arguments that were brought up by the, the Brexit camp, the, the Leave European Union, and they're, oh, you know, we're being killed by Euro, Eurocrats and red tape. What do you mean by killed? We are it's unnecessarily easy. constrained. Mm -hmm reglamented, controlled in our lives by by the European bureaucracy. To, so to speak about killing is is, 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 is useful exactly. is is useful probably in the in the in the British Brexit campaign so on the side of, of Remain. Well I, I think that the the Brexit result was the victory 
for for democracy in Europe and for freedom in Europe. So we, all of us in my country, we applauded it and we opened the champagne bottles. Would you advocate that Czech Republic leaves the European Union? This is this is not the issue these days. Really, we are not an island close to Europe. We are in the real heart of Europe, maybe even in a geographical center of Europe. So, so for us, we don't have such a chance or such an opportunity. Uh, that's another story. So, I would, I would be very much in favor of a radical restructuring of the European Union as an hypothetically, hypothetically meaningful target. I don't think that the issue is for a small country like Czech Republic to. to to leave the European so Union. You, you have some sympathy for the line that Hungary and Poland have taken recently, where they're talking about taking back under sovereign control more of the regulations and, and I am I am the well known exponent of those views in Europe for twenty five years, so I am not following the Hungarian or Polish example, you know, that is my standard position. Do you think that there's a sort of block that's going to form I mean, I, I mentioned fragmentation, but it does seem that, the, you know, depending where you sit in Europe, there's very different views on how the European Union should be organized, how it's run, and there's lots of uh, tension within the Union itself, and more philosophically over the values, um, the constitutional changes. It's, it's based, basically the debate about freedom and sovereignty. Don't, don't confuse it with many other things. Uh, I don't want to fight with, with Germany about uh, cultural values and traditions and so on, but I, I am ready to fight uh, about our sovereignty and independence, and that's the issue. Freedom, sovereignty, democracy is the issue, and this is, in my understanding, what the Brits understood very, very well, and therefore majority of them voted for Brexit. Mm. Um, how do you see then the European Union developing? Um, I mentioned the Russian crisis. I mean, this one of the, the offshoots of this is that Germany has a, taken a much more active and visible political role in Europe than it has done. If you, if you study uh, European integration, you know that you, I'm absolutely sure that you know that uh, the current position extremely strong position of Germany in the EU is the result of one wrong step in the European integration process. It's the result of the Lisbon Treaty. You may know that I was the last president of a European country who signed after, after many months of delay the Lisbon Treaty, who was under tremendous pressure not to kill this this idea, and um, I simply couldn't continue to oppose it longer, to my great regret. Nevertheless, it was quite clear that the Lisbon Treaty will create uh, the different uh, European structure, and in this structure the role of Germany would be totally dominant. So that was one of the arguments we used at the time. So. Consequence of the consequence of Lisbon Treaty is the current position of Germany. 
Because some people have said another flaw with the treaty is it creates a monetary union, but not a fiscal union. We're sitting here today in Greece, a lot of the economic problems they have were caused by the fact that they could borrow at the same cost as Germany because of the convergence of bonds. Well, but I, I, I suppose that for for a majority of rational people and for the for the editors of Daily Telegraph, it's quite clear that the idea of the European Monetary Union of the common currency is a tragic mistake, and and, and the fact that they even included countries like Greece into it was another mistake. So this is, I take for granted, at least. And the problem with Russia, I mean, Russia objected to the, the DCFTA, the, the trade deal between Ukraine and the EU, and um, it argues, I'm not saying I agree, but it argues that it was locked out of any negotiations over that, and consequently when the diplomatic options were closed off, it took a military option, which no one was expecting, and has destroyed any trust that had been built up over the last 20 years. And we're in a very nasty position now. I mean, both sides are insisting on this two agreement being fulfilled as the only way out, but that, as far as I can see, is dead, and we're locked into this sort of frozen conflict. Uh, it, it's not that much frozen. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I wish it were, it were frozen. Uh, you know, I have very strong views about it. Uh, this, it. The crisis is the Ukrainian crisis. This is the failure of Ukraine to develop rationally after the fall of communism. Ukraine is probably the most unsuccessful post-communist country in this part of the world. I don't speak about Tajikistan. I, I don't have any idea about that. Ukraine failed to develop normally and the, the Ukraine crisis and Maidan and all of that was the result of, of the Ukrainian internal crisis. It was not a crisis between Russia and Ukraine. So, so it seems to me that the Ukrainian crisis can be solved only inside Ukraine. Do you think people have been over-optimistic in so much as the EU went in with the DCFTA and they said, right, here's a set of reforms and if you tick off on these, like raising, uh, getting rid of the subsidies for domestic gas and then we'll give you some more money from the IMF. And there's been a lot of product criticism of Poroshenko's been going very slowly, but there have been real reforms. Isn't my point being, doesn't this whole transition period take awfully long time and people are expecting to go faster than You know, the, as I said, the Ukrainian transformation process after the fall of communism is the most unsuccessful. Therefore, the people must be tired of that and uh, must be... starting to change now? Well, but it's... Uh, I know something about transformations because I did it. In, in Czechoslovakia and the yes. Czech Republic, you know, it's very difficult to start the transformation, the radical transformation, costly, painful process twice. And in Ukraine, it started three or four times. Simply, the people are not ready to to accept that that process. So I, I don't have any any solution. Then my only solution is asking the Western countries not to intervene. That, that's my, my only... To let them my, get on with it, you know, to make them they should, they should solve it themselves. To promise them membership in the EU was a tragic mistake. But they didn't promise them membership. 
promise. Oh, sort of. The Ukrainians understood it as a promise of that kind. Uh, last question. Um, we have uh, elections coming up in the States. Um, a Trump president. Well, whether it will change anything or not, definitely yes. But uh, how much, I, I can't say. But uh, to, to be very frank, for me, Trump would be much better than, than Hillary Clinton. So I, I, I hold my... my why, why would he be well, I think that America is also in a in a decay and needs a change. And Hillary Clinton doesn't promise a change. And and, and uh, Trump, maybe. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you.